0: Well, there we go. It's good evening from Radio FM Radio Australia broadcasting from Brisbane, Queensland, Australia. My name's Geoffrey Shaw and I'm just the co-host to my um, partner in this wonderful world of dreaming the new dream who's currently at the top of the totem pole all the way from the UK and she's brought in an interesting guest and we've been talking off air and uh, I'm relishing the subject that we're going to be talking today. And uh, it's, a, it's a good morning to both you and particularly to you, Andrea.
1: Thank you, Jeffrey. Good morning, everybody. And welcome to um, anyone who's listening to Dream in the New Dream live or to the replay. And today it's my honour and privilege to have Eli, the everyman. Now, I met Eli in Glastonbury um, about three weeks ago, I think. Um, my sister introduced me to him. And we met up for a cuppa or what have you um, in the crown, right in the heart of Glastonbury. And we exchanged uh, information about different speakers that we've um, met and worked with and recommended. And so uh, without further ado, Eli, welcome to Dreaming the New Dream. And thank you for coming on the show today.
2: Thanks very much, Jeff, And... Andrina, I really appreciate uh, your time and uh, inviting me onto the show. Um, It's lovely to be with you both today and uh, yeah, really looking forward to the conversation.
1: Yeah. Well, it could go anywhere today (laughs) as we, (laughs) as we've already been talking. Um, So first of all, how did we get the name Eli the Everyman?
2: (laughs) Okay. All right. Um, Well, this is, this is an interesting story. Um, I grew up on stage um and which is kind of interesting because uh my grandma was very musical my granddad was very musical and my father was very musical and i went to a ballet tap and modern school when i was i think six years old right. uh, called mrs Hapgood's in south <laughs> sea in portsmouth where i come from and um i you know i've always had a love of storytelling and i i i grew up you know very much going to the theatre a lot and being in the theatre. And uh, my my first degree is actually in drama, theatre and television um, from King Alfred's College in Winchester. So, um, Eli the Everyman, that's a long story, but Eli the Everyman. Everyman um, is, a, is a play that uh, was supposedly written in medieval times, 1400s, and it's just a very basic... Um, It's an analogy of a person, just a human being, who goes on a walk through the woods and he's confronted by the seven deadly sins. So it's a morality play. And it's actually overcoming all those different um, temptations that we have as a human being on the planet. So um, that's, that's the real core of why I call myself Eli the Everyman because I'm just representing everybody in what I do. Um, and uh, when I first did the Shine Seminars, which we'll probably talk about a bit in a in a minute, uh, the first one I did, I just said, you know, I am everyone. I am not a leader. I am not a, um, a uh, I, I'm a spokesperson for everyone here in the room. And um, I represent everyone. And I went and sat down in the audience and there was no one on stage. And everybody was looking at me. And I said, I just want you to know that we, we're we all together and we are all everyman. So um, so that's kind of why I've called myself Eli the Everyman. The reason why I've called myself Eli the Everyman, as opposed to my second name, is I've got a very convoluted second name <laughs> and, people, and people get it wrong all the time. They spell it wrong. They're like, what? And it's just, oh, just call me Eli. Everybody just calls me Eli. Um... And um, I just thought it would be really lovely to have what I would call a 5D avatar. So instead of having um, being kind of, I'm not saying chained to my second name, but having all those connotations, those family epigenetic relationships with my name and where it's come from, as we're moving into this new beautiful world, um, I thought it'd be really lovely to just shed that and just, call myself Eli the everyman so it is my avatar name so it 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 represents a different version of me so um that's why I call myself Eli the everyman right and uh, and and it's it's a lovely story because it it gets when people ask me I tell them that about the morality play and I tell them about the 5d avatar and it kind of works so Mm. there we go that's what it's about well there you go (laughs) Yeah. Um,
1: Right. So um, we'll get on, talk about the Shine seminars in a bit, but I know you've done lots of seminars. So how did you start on this pathway? What was the opening that that led you to be doing all of
2: this work now? Um, Well, it's interesting because when I was 19, I'll I'll go back to when I was 19, I went to live with the Hare Krishnas Mm. um, uh, in Bhagavad Gita Manor. And in which was George, the house that George Harrison bought the, the Krishnas um, in Buckinghamshire. And all my friends thought I was going to be a Krishna. I was really into it. And we made a documentary there and, you know, uh, I ended up, you know, going to uni. But I had, I, I kind of had in my teens uh, up until, you know, say 21, 22 years of age, I did have this kind of spiritual uh, force inside me that was coming through, but I didn't. I didn't accept it, and I didn't really acknowledge it. I didn't pay attention to it. I was young, um, and uh, I. I was at the poll tax riots in 1990, and I saw the system for what it was, and I saw that it was. It was a nefarious system, um, and it's a long story. But basically, the way that the media portrayed that particular. Event the, the next day after all the rioting, I just thought they're not they're not for the people at all. The media are not for the people. The government are not for the people. So in 1990, I kind of knew that that there was this other there was a spiritual side to life, and but there was also this kind of nefarious um, kind of system that we all live in. Um, and I went through all th- all through the 90s pretty much just living a kind of normalish life, um, uh, and then. Uh, in 1997, I, I bought a book from a car boot called All Jews Must Live, uh, written by a guy called Samuel Roth. And it's a really interesting book. It's it's a book about how Jewish people treat Jewish people. And um, I got some insights into that. And then I kind of went on this 13 year um, research kind of frenzy <laughs> where I wanted to know, there was a fundamental questions that I wanted to know. And the, the most fundamental question I wanted to know is: Who are we as human beings? What, where have we come from? What are we? And um, you know, I'm sure lots of people have thought that, loads of people, and probably everybody. But it's like, <laughs> why, 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 uh, why do we not know where we come from, and why do we not know who we are? Um, and I, I went on this huge research, uh, and my wife will tell you I had reams and reams and reams, a whole room full of stuff um and uh and i just learned about you know sumerian history and i got into ufology and i was kind of i was i was never a classic conspiracy theorist i would say because i was never into jfk i was never into the moon landings i was never into 911 i was more into hidden occulted knowledge that was where my passion was um and um. Uh, and then I, I just gave it all up in 2010. I had my son and I just thought I want to go back to just my normal life. Um, so in 2020, when, you know, the, the, uh, the COVID started, I, I, I knew that it was going to happen anyway. I, I, I knew it was going to happen. Yeah. And so I got really activated and I just thought uh, we need to build community. The first thing I thought is there's going to be loads of isolated people out there. And it's it's for us to find our. I hate. Oh, I don't like to use the word tribe, but you know, to find our tribe, to find our soul families, yeah. to find the people who are on the same wavelength. So I, I did the first Shine seminars in um, September 2021, and it was to build spiritual community um, oh, and get oh, like-minded oh, people oh, to come oh, along oh, oh. and um, uh, just spend a day together and just talk about things that we wanted to talk about and not talk about any of the nonsense that was coming out of the media or the government so it was a day for us to just celebrate being people and just celebrate all the good things in life so that's a potted history
1: and where was where was the first one because like i have got we i picked up your flyer um up in one of the shops yesterday when we were out and this one's like west beyond Severn. And this is a three-day. So when when you did your first one, where was that held? Because uh, that's up your way, isn't it, sort of?
2: Yeah. Well, I I live in Bristol, um, but this is this is really interesting story. So I got um, I I the idea of the Shine Seminars came out of somebody else's event, and they said, "Why don't you do one, Eli?" And I went, "Yeah, okay, I'll do one." And I came up with the name the Shine Seminars because um, I wanted it to be informative. Um, and it's that the idea came out in May, 2021, we were in the middle of lockdown and it took me until September to actually get it up and running. Nobody was putting anything on. The whole place was locked down. And even 10 days before the first event, I got, um, uh, I got let down by a guy who was going to, um, supply a, a marquee for me. And I was just like, what? I've got all these speakers coming. I hadn't sold any tickets at that point, 10 days before. And I just had to put my hand in my pocket. And I, I hired a very, very expensive venue. Um, and we sold 55 tickets in 10 days. Um, and it was the day after lockdown. Literally, that Saturday was the day after lockdown's finished. Wow. And, and that was in Bristol. And we've, I think we've done 12 since then. Um, and we do uh, a one-day event with five speakers we concentrate on sovereignty self-empowerment the divinity within we concentrate on um, wellness nutrition um, health and then we do spiritual practice so we do meditation sound baths um, and um, mindfulness so they're the three things we do sovereignty well-being and spiritual practice and that's been our formula um to offer those three three things on every single event um and we do do one off um uh group gathering meditations which we do the last one we did on the tour on the 22nd last week which was incredibly powerful and um, we've done a couple in Oliver's castle over in roundway hill in devizes um which is where the crop circles are mm. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, um, and I do put other people on as well. I promote other people because I feel that, kind of from my drama background, um, everybody's got a story. Mm. Everybody's got a beautiful story, and it's partly what you guys are doing. You know, sh- sharing people's stories. Mm. And um, I, I, I say at the end of every single Shine seminars, I say to everybody, go away, hire a hall. Get a crowd of people. Get some people talking about their stories, and and, and let's share this information and this knowledge and wisdom. Mm. So that's the basis of the Shine Seminars, and it's it's been really successful. Um, and it, it's kind of people know me now as being Eli from the Shine Seminars. <laughs> oh, there's Eli from the Shine Seminars. You know, so it's a lovely thing. And um, yeah, this three day event we're doing is a is just totally new for me.
1: Yeah cuz we were reading through it early or yesterday at the different names and I know that we've been privileged to have um some of your guests that have been guests on our show um so I see you're doing camping there and and everything so how much is a um 3-day ticket for the whole
2: event well um we've I've had to uh hire the festival site and it's it's bit you know it's it's a lot of money it's not cheap I bet. at all. Mm-hmm. um but we have got a bargain as well. If we had to individually go out and get all the different structures, it would be tens of thousands of pounds. Mm. Um, so um, what we've done is we've uh, you can you can go for a single day, which is sixty-five pounds for a single day, um, or you can go for the weekend, which is one hundred and fifty pounds. So we've we've given a discount of forty-five pounds if you come for the three days. Mm. Um, you can camp. Or you don't have to camp. And if you camp, it's £12.50 a night, including breakfast. Um, And you can stay the Thursday, Friday, Saturday or Sunday. Um, And we've got this absolutely amazing chef called Faith, who is preparing the most beautiful, organic, locally sourced food. Um, And it's £18 a day for the food, which um, I think that's a reasonable price for the quality of food you're getting. Mm. Uh, Faith is a conscious cook so she she cooks consciously um, and the food will be incredibly good um i i made it um a priority that the food was going to be a highlight of the of yeah. of the event so i want people to go away going wasn't that food amazing mm. um, cuz we you know we want to move out of this scarcity um programming and move into abundance and at the shine seminars i always as a gift to my attendees i always buy nuts and um mulberries uh we give free water we give fruit uh and so we kind of make this cornucopia of um of of uh, just you know nutritious good wholesome uh natural foods and it make and people are people love that Mm. you know a lot of gigs you go to and it's like you don't even get a digestive (laughs) uh you know and, and they come to my gigs and there's just like loads of stuff everywhere and that's my gift I spend a couple of 100 quid every every event just saying look you know have some have you know have some food. Mm. So the food at this event is going to be um you know top notch. It, it I think compared to other things because we're doing a conscious event I think overall if you wanted to do the whole thing it's about 240 pounds. Mm. Um which seems like a lot of money um but if you break it down it's 80 pounds a day. And I, I, you know, I I say this without ego, but that lineup is the best lineup of, yeah. of mm. any event in the country this summer. Yeah, a hundred percent. So you know it. You know they're coming from all around the country, mm. and I'm very very grateful for everyone to speak. I mean, Laura's coming over from America. Um, she's only doing two gigs in the UK this summer. Um, and she agreed to come along. And that's an absolute, that's an amazing thing for Laura yeah. to be with us.
1: Yeah.
2: Mm. Um, and uh, she's going to be doing readings. She's going to be doing some readings for us. We're going to have some conversations with her as well as her own talk. Um, she's going to be doing Global Alchemy. I'd like her to talk about galactic history as well, to be <laughs> fair. Uh, um, and I'm not sure whether we'll be able to do that or not, but we're definitely going to have some talks with with Laura, um, and uh, you know we've got two of the most beautiful plant consciousness people. Uh, we've got Juliet Bryant, who is known as the Mushroom Lady, um, and she's a superfood guru. Um, she she does Juliet's Kitchen, and we've got Emma Farrell as well, who wrote an incredible book called Plant Consciousness, and she's absolutely amazing lady, um, and she does fantastic ceremonies and she brings in different consciousnesses of different plants. She's, she's got encyclopedic knowledge. Um, so Julia and Emma alone are absolute stars. Um, and then we've obviously got Maria Wheatley who second generation dowser mm. and, um, her father was a dowser who, who was around all the, the very famous, uh, dowsers who kind of brought that energy forward with the ley lines and the, the dragon lines and um she's going to come along and talk um we've got tim chalice who does um kirtan i've done a lot of
1: Kurtan with tim over the years
2: yeah he's Mm -hmm. an absolutely beautiful guy and you know again i mean i was amazed because everybody said yes pretty much straight away tim's so busy he 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 he, he said yes but he was very like i don't know whether i can do it we've obviously got rory who you know um you know who's going to talk about the prophecies um We've got Michael Feely, who's going to give us some great insights into um, his talks called The Real Da Vinci Code, which is exciting in itself. Yeah. Um, we've got a whole load of other speakers. I mean, those headline speakers there, the 12 there, the speakers that we couldn't put on that flyer. And we're going to do another flyer with another 12. We've got 45 speakers.
1: Yeah, no, I saw that. Yeah. So um, how long are they all talk? How long have you got more talking for?
2: Well, because it's a different event, our new normal event, we've got three main tents and two of the tents hold like 100, 150 people and one holds 40. Um, and they, the, the format is basically three speakers in the morning for an hour each and then two speakers in the afternoon for an hour and a half each. Um, but the two main tents are running um, in parallel which is mm-hmm. difficult because normally we just have one stage and one audience and we focus the attention on that. This is slightly different. We're offering a basket mm-hmm. of, uh, of goodies. So people will come along and they go, oh, I want to see that. I want to see that. I want to hear those pe- people. One of the tents is more presentation-based and the other one is more embodiment. So there'll be soundbars and the chanting and there'll be voice workshops Obviously, we've got Chloe Goodchild coming. Yeah, yeah I've done workshops with her oh, yeah. a long,
1: long time ago now. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. It, it's interesting because some of the speakers, they see this event as, as they're coming together. Mm. And, and and that's a lovely thing for me because a lot of these people have known each other for years, way before I I popped up on the scene, so to speak. Mm. And it seems like it's just I'm just a conduit for this event. I've just appeared and and kind of galvanized everybody and got everybody together and it is much more the sum of the parts you know there's something magical about this event um and i can't quite put my finger on it but you know there's going to be a lot of conversations and a lot of sharing of information um i don't know whether you know richard vobes Mm -hmm. um but um i went on his show the other day and he's going to come along
0: is he Uh,
2: i can't put his name on the flyer Cause he's coming as my guest, He's not oh, gonna right. do it. <laughs> uh, which is a bit of a shame, but you know, I, I'm not going to do that. Um, but he's going to come along and he's going to do some podcasts live from, from the event mm-hmm. um, to his, to his audience. So that's a lovely thing for him to come along. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, it's, it, we're going to live stream some of it. I don't really? know because we, we've got all the kit. I'm not sure how that's going to work out yet but um it, it's it's just a big it's, it is a celebration um i spoke with somebody about um you know what we should call it and um it's not a festival it it was going to be a festival of ideas but um it's not a festival uh, a festival is i don't know it's it, it it hasn't got that kind of that vibe about it it is a celebration of mm. natural earth energies subtle energies you know, working with, um, you know, with the elements, um, elementals, um, you know. uh, So I I just wanted it to be a a joyous, I wanted it to be a high frequency emotional event where we're coming along and celebrating who we are Mm. um, and celebrating the land. So that's why it's called The Shine Celebration.
1: No, I think that's that's a brilliant name. Um, So... Because I know like I've gone to different talks at times and it's like, well, I want to listen to that one, but that person's on at the same time. And then you sort of see if you can get into one and then the other one's full up. You, you know, you really got to jiggle where you want to be and get there on time to get in.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, I I, I didn't... It, it completely... It was completely auspicious how I got this venue. Because the, the people who... Uh, who uh, manage that 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 venue? They run Sandara Community, and then they also they also um, rent out the land to the Rainbow Community Rainbow Camp.
0: Right. So
2: there is two um, there are two communities on that land anyway, and Sandara is the week before my event, and Rainbow is two weeks afterwards. And I went to Sandara last year, and I was just in the cafe. And I saw this guy putting the lights up around the tent and I just said, Oh, are you shining in your light sort of thing, making a little joke. And he said, yes. And we got talking and he turned out to be the guy who was running Sundara. And I yeah. told him what I did and his wife came over and they had a little chat in front of me. And then they just turned to me and said, do you want to do the shine seminars on this field next year? And I was like, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Man. um uh and uh and it just literally happened like that it was literally on that moment it was so auspicious and um i came i came away thinking you know what this is this is meant to be yeah i now need to gather gather the the you know our, our kind of people together and see whether they want to do it so it is a gift uh mm. it's a gift yeah
1: fabulous yeah, yeah. um so out of all the speakers over you know over the time you've been doing it who's the most who's like is there like a few that have really touched you on a deep level showing um their stories or their wisdom
2: well that's a very um, unfair question
1: (laughs) No, but I said a few. <laughs> I,
2: I, uh, I, I have been asked that question before, and what I say is, can I have a top ten of number ones?
1: Yeah,
2: yeah. So I right. got to have a top ten of number ones, yeah. but uh, what, fair comment. What I, no, what I, what I would say <laughs> is, why I would say is, like I said, everybody's got an amazing story, mm. and if you say, for instance, you take Giles Bryant, Giles has got this incredible. He does perpetual choirs, by the way. Mm. Um, amongst other amazing things. Um, uh, And he has got this amazing capability of being able to raise people's vibration within seconds. He'll come on and his energy is so high frequency that he will be able to um, just literally raise the, the, the room to a level that is just incredible. So, you know, his kind of superpower... When, I, when I'm when i with Giles, I just get loads out of that superpower that he's got. Mm. Um, and, you know, it's the same with Chloe. I mean, I was very... I mean, I, I tried to... I asked Chloe a few times and she was too busy. And then just synchronously, she moved to Nailsy and I was doing a gig in Matara Gardens, which is about eight miles away. And she said, oh, I'll well, do it. And the way that she performs on stage with her, with her squeezy box... And she's got this mastery of being able to be entertaining and sing and talk emotionally about things. She's got great emotional intelligence. Um, And so, I mean, I was almost in tears. In fact, I think I was in tears when when uh, when Chloe came off stage because she took us to places that were just amazing. Mm -hmm. She really does. And, And so, you know, her superpower is it's obviously her. But she's mastered her subject. Um, you know, and, and somebody like Michael Tingle, who does Qigong and um and and Tai Chi, uh again, you know, his his super I mean, he does Celtic drawing workshops as well. And he's he's actually written this beautiful moon diary with a in in conjunction with this other person, and that's been published. But, you know, his superpower is is getting you to charge, to charge yourself. So you know, in terms of, um, I think they all bring amazingly high levels of, wi- I, they're all wisdom keepers. Mm. But they're all wisdom keepers, every single one of them. And one of the things that I've really tried to do is bring on people who don't necessarily have any uh, public speaking um, uh, experience. And um, those people also, you know, I've grown and I've had quite a few that have gone on to do bigger and better things. Mm -hmm. Um, so to answer your question, I, I really enjoy my conversations, um, that I have with everyone. Um, I think that I'm looking forward to Laura, um, a lot. I'm looking forward to Michael Feely a lot, um, and Rory. And I think, um, you know, some, some of the other speakers, uh, who are, who are kind of new, um, I think uh, Karen So is going to do her um, Qigong, which will be really interesting. And funnily enough, Dr. Claire Hinsley doesn't talk very much. I did a YouTube thing with her. She does uh, metaphysical alchemy. And, um, you know, uh, I'm really looking forward to, to seeing her. And not mm. many people know about um, Claire. And also Mark Keane. I don't know whether you know Mark Keane, but Mark Keane does um, conscious clubbing. And he's the king of Kundalini. Um, and I highly recommend you get him on your show. Um, right. He's he does kundalini yoga, um, and he is. Uh, I mean, I, I, Mark, Mark is a hidden gem because he doesn't really go out and do much, um, but he's in the pro. He he's actually um, decoded um, the Welsh poem, the mythology of Taliesin, and. Um, he's seen that the poem of is actually talking about the chakras. So he's decoded that myth into, you know, the, the raising of the chrism oil and the chakras and the pineal gland. It's all in that story. So he's got very, very deep uh, kind of Celtic knowledge. And, um, you know, Mark is something else, uh, you know. And, and he, you know, he's been around for a long time. And, you know, Giles and people know him. From years back down, Jody, et cetera. Um, you know, and he's, he's still doing his thing. A lot of these people, I always say to the speakers, they say, what do you want me to talk about? And I say, well, you're the leading edge thinker.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> you know, um, you know, you, you do what you think is best. And I'm sure a lot of the speakers, when they get up on stage or whatever, they just, they just do whatever mm-hmm. comes into them on, mm-hmm. in that moment. So, you know, everybody's got their own, um uh kind of forte their own experience to bring to the table and it's they're all superpowers mm-hmm. they're all superpowers Totally, yeah that
1: was an unfair question <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, well i'll ask
1: for the top num- top 10 number
2: ones <laughs> yeah that's it well top time top, top five number ones but i mean some you know to have to have somebody to have you know, the the masculine dowser of Rory there and to have the feminine dowser of Maria Wheatley there is a really powerful thing in itself. So you've kind of got Maria who's um, I'm not saying she hasn't got masculine energy because she has. (laughs) and I'm not saying Rory hasn't got feminine energy, but to have those two there just to balance that energy up is a really beautiful thing. And, um, you know, Maria's just come back from doing a whole bunch of stuff with Gaia TV. So she's kind of on fire at the moment and uh you know it's it, it's going to be incredible to hear all these stories I mean fact, Matt Bell I don't know whether you know Matt Bell but yeah. I didn't I didn't know about Matt at all um and uh I interviewed him for my my channel and Matt is doing the most incredible work uh absolutely incredible and he's going to do a talk on um uh star star teachings uh and uh yeah, I mean that's really exciting to have Matt there. You know, amazing. Matt's um, Matt does a lot of uh, very, very um, beautiful ascension work with his groups down in um, down in kind of Bournemouth Way, Blumford Way. Yeah. And it, and it's interesting. I don't know what you think about this, but you know, we're all in the southwest. We're all in the Vale of Pusey. <laughs> you know, there is something magical going on here.
1: Yeah, you know, definitely.
2: Yeah, that there's is, no doubt. There's no that doubt that
1: moving fast.
2: Yeah. Very yeah.
1: fast lately. Things are speeding up. Yeah, really speeding up.
2: Yeah. I mean, the day I met you in Glastonbury, the energies were just off the chart, weren't they? You know, and it's not it's not it's relentless as well, isn't it? It's just <laughs> it's just going on and on and on, you know. I I went up to the Chalice Well last week just to spend an hour and you know, I've been there many 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 times. Mm. And there's different energies up there. But the energy in the chalice well was just, it was, you know, I just lay down for five minutes. I just completely got healed.
0: Mm. You know, it, it was yeah.
2: phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. Like,
1: so, um, do, you, do you know Dave, Sammy and Dave? Dave would be a good one to have on your show.
2: Uh, the gardener? Yeah. I Well, funny story. <laughs> I got introduced to him in Beckett's. Right. Uh, yeah, which was really hilarious. I just walked in and he was there. And then when I went to the Chalice World last week, he was just stood there with his wheelbarrow and we said hello to each other again. So I've met Dave twice auspiciously, um, uh, not consciously at all. And we did have a very, uh, very deep conversation the first time I met him, just for like 15 minutes. I'd love to, I'd love to uh, spend more time with Dave.
1: Yeah, no, he's he's an amazing guy. Now that he's the head gardener of, the chalice well I mean the gardens at the moment are absolutely stunning really I mean I you know I love going up the chalice well so one of my favorite places but then yeah. I love the abbey as well so
2: yeah well you're very lucky aren't you well Can yeah you but I'm, to...
1: go, I'm heading back today I'm going back for a rest my god
2: oh. <laughs> <laughs> go to Glastonbury get worn out yeah no I, I, I love the abbey as well mm. um and in fact there's a lady in the chalice well I don't know if you've seen her but she's got a pass and Whenever it's nice weather, she just goes and sits and knits in there. She knits at the top on the left. I've seen no, her a couple I'm of guessing. times now. Well, I just chatted to her and she said, "Oh, I always come here to knit if the weather's nice Oh, because it's such a lovely place to be, isn't it?" Well,
1: yeah, good at places. I need to do your knitting.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, um, when
0: we had Dave on, it was really interesting that he worked in the uh, Chalice Flower Show in the gardens here, Chelsea. He- Chelsea, yeah. Um, what was really interesting he was quite open about his work with the elementals and the divas when he works with the um with the flowers and the plants at chelsea so i would assume he's definitely um, no, when, he,
1: when he a gardener at kensington
0: kensington is it kensington?
1: kensington? i think oh, sorry.
0: Um, yeah who do we have that worked at chelsea then? um we had a guy who worked at chelsea i thought it was the same guy yeah. It might no, well just, be. I mean, the that, fact that is that... sorry, the fact that he's working um, at Chalice Wells. I mean, it just goes hand in hand that he's just mm. enhancing that whole um, relationship because he he came with the the green thumb and the green hands. Like, <laughs> everything about him's is green, isn't it?
2: Yeah, I mean, Dave for me is working multidimensionally, mm. and um, you know that's one thing that I've noticed is that people have just started doing that. They're just working in different di- dimensions or densities, I should really say. Um, and uh, yeah, when I met Dave, we just had this otherworldly conversation and <laughs> and we didn't really go, you know, that deep. But it was pretty deep for just being in the pub meeting for five minutes. So, you know, Dave is working on multiple, multiple levels. And, uh, you know, his. it just seems so natural for him to be in the chalice well.
1: Mm, yeah. yeah definitely and, and he's a great musician as well so uh, yeah yes. yeah, yeah okay so um so is there anybody that you haven't got on the show or or any of your um seminars yet that you would like to get on is there anybody any keys is there like maybe three or four speakers that you might like
2: <laughs> um to be honest with you, the, the the name that actually comes up more in my mind is um John Stuart Reed. Oh yeah. Who, who does the cymatics and the cymoscope. Oh, and is that the my... guy
0: in um, the in the pyramids?
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah, he he um he's uh I've got one of his cymatics machines.
1: Yeah, Carol's got some some stuff from John because we did a workshop with him about oh my god, it must have been about 20 years ago. To yeah, him way way back, but yeah, carry on. Yeah, yeah,
2: well, well, amazing yeah. one. Yeah, he he he's the one name that I think really stands out. And I have asked him. I've spoken to his son. I have had some communications with him. But he's, you know, the, the Shine Seminars is very much about um putting people forward and promoting people who are working with the energies um, and being multidimensional. Um, and it's interesting with John because he is very scientific mm. um, and he, he works with the shift network a lot. So he's got his thing and he's working doing that. And actually, we're a little bit small for John, I think. <laughs> we're a little bit parochial, really. Um, but, you know, he, he embodies um, a, a, a space which is very, very important, I feel, at the moment. Which bridges, you know, the kind of what I would call esoteric science mm. and and the observable reality. So he's 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 bridging. He's actually creating. He's seeing. He's showing people observable reality uh, evidence for multi-dimensional um, multi multi-dimensional um, uh, subjects. Um, mm. This. Well, this this graphic that I sent you this is interesting because um, I don't know what you think about this, guys, and it'd be good to ask you. But th- this this diagram is actually um, from Mark Passio. Do you know Mark Passio? No. Mark, Mark Passio is an American, and um, it's it's interesting this story because he he was a Satanist, um, and he he went he went quite deep into that world, and then he had this epiphany, and he came out. Uh, of that world and just started uh, just communicating information about natural law. And his most famous talk is about natural law. And he's an amazing guy because he, he talks about the darkness, let's call it that. um, And he faced that and he went deep in that and he's come out and now he's, he's working for the light exposing that, but he did this diagram um, and when I, because I, I do presentations myself, not very often. Mm. Um, I did one last week in Shaftesbury. Um, it was called Frequency Wars. It was, <laughs> it's all about frequencies. <laughs> all right. Okay. Yeah, it was interesting. But so this diagram is really, for me at the moment, what's happening because we're living in the apocalypse, um, because there's this great unveiling. And mm. the word apocalypse, it, it means to unveil and to show the truth. Um, because we've been kept in um, this consult, control system for thousands of years, um, people are not aware that they're in a control system. And this particular part of, of history is is where we, we are going to free ourselves from this control system. And, and actually, this has been spoken about for many, many years. Mm. Um, I mean, um, you know... Dolores Cannon talked about this, um, amongst other people, you know, John Varlo and talked about it as well. Um, And what's happening is that there is, there's been a lot of hidden knowledge, which is the esoteric on this chart, um, and that's been kept from the general public. And Mark's done this diagram to show that the truth is always the truth. And it has a frequency and it sits at the heart of everything. And the religions of the world have different layers um of which um in the middle they all go to the truth Mm. um and the outside is the exoteric so um as it says in this it's it's intended the exoteric side of all religions is for the masses and it's kind of to um I'm not going to use the word soul harvesting because that's a bit dark, but it is, in a way, a distraction from the truth. So that, ex- exrater- that exoteric knowledge is just for people to be kept in a particular mindset. Um, and there are truths in there, but it's not the, it's not the core truth that is mm. going to be exposed over the next few years. Um, and the esoteric knowledge, and all esoteric means is hidden knowledge. Um, it's occulted knowledge. You know, uh, uh, the occult is hidden knowledge Um, inside. All the religions have this this truth and this esoteric knowledge, which is usually um, usually uh, portrayed by um, symbolism, symbolism and allegories, uh, metaphors. um, uh, And it's it's veiled so that it's kept away from the masses. And what's happening at the moment is that the esoteric knowledge is all coming out mm. um, and it's just naturally coming out as the planet ascends because the planet is ascending. The consciousness of the planet is ascending um, at the moment and, and that's happening to all sentient beings, all humans, all plants, everything. The whole planet is ascending. Um, and as that happens, this um, esoteric knowledge is just literally coming out. And I've asked questions um, of the Shine Seminars audience over the last 18 months or so um, just as a kind of a little kind of litmus test on where people are at mm. um, because I get a very mixed, I get half half kind of what I would call spiritually aware people and half people who are just waking up to it. Um, and um, I asked at one of my talks, I can't remember when it was now, last October, I said – how many people here know about the pineal gland? And 15 years ago, if I'd asked that question, it might have been two or three people. Um, everybody put their hand up. Really? Everybody put their hand up. And there was, yeah, there was 45 people in the room. Gosh. Uh, and and, I, and I, just, I I just got goosebumps. I was just like, that is, that is an absolute sign. That's an observable sign that, that things are raising. And, um, you know, people are starting to talk to me about really interesting occulted ideas that have been kept away from us. Um, You know, people are openly talking about chakras now, Mm -hmm. very openly. Um, People are talking about um, mindfulness and conscious breathing, which is also an occulted secret in a lot of ways. You know so there's all these beautiful subtle energies as i call yeah. them that are being that are, that are now coming out into the open and um mark passio's little diagram there is so powerful because it i i actually use that at the beginning of almost all my presentations because it just shows you that there has been this this kind of ring of um consciousness that's been placed around the truth to stop us knowing the truth but mm. it's all coming out yeah it, and I don't yeah. know what you think about that. You know, Definitely,
1: <laughs> little by little, yeah, you know. more and more is is opening out, and um, people are questioning things now, and and really, they're um, I think they're picking up on the energies. That there's a there's a huge change going on, and that you know they are com- they are becoming more awake, and they are questioning, and they are wondering you know what really is going on so there's a and there's an awful lot of confusion going on at the moment as well massively um but you know we're all doing our bit to hold the light the frequencies to be here for each other to support each other setting up little groups and you know there's so much more support now for people on so many levels it's just incredible
2: Mm. yeah there's a huge alignment going on Mm. um and uh you know that. It was spoken about in 2020 i i spent a lot of time on different groups in america because because america is 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 a real battlefield of consciousness um it it is really being played out there (laughs) um (laughs) um and, and it's going okay actually because all the truth is coming out even though the system in inverted commas is not acknowledging the truth as such um it's all coming out through the system as well so we are seeing these huge um waves of disclosure coming Mm. right across the board um and there's um,
1: plenty still to come Eh?
2: well i you know for me my my consciousness went through the roof in 2020 it just went woof you know and i was i reckon i was pretty together myself i mean it's a journey and you (laughs) really (laughs) you never you know it's a journey, isn't it? And you've got your own ascension. Yeah. And, and, and it's interesting, I was talking to somebody the other day who was talking about, you know, th- this might well be the first time in history that human beings collectively are ascending together mm. on a mass wave. And that is a very powerful thing. I mean, you know, and because before the ascension path was individual and you went through your own journey Yeah. and you, and your own working out what's going on and learning your lessons, etc. But, you know, there is this, it it definitely feels to me like there is a collective awakening. And I said at the beginning of 2020 or September, 2020, I was going around like just what's, you know, everybody's going to have their mind blown. I just kept saying, everybody's going to have their mind blown. Everybody's going to have their mind blown. Even the most enlightened people are still going to be, have their mind blown. They, they, you know, if you know nothing, you're going to know lots. If you know lots, you're going to know even more, Mm -hmm. you know? So everybody's consciousness is just going through the roof. And, I've learned massive amounts over the last three years and I've assimilated massive amounts of stuff and, you know, my practices and the way that I live in my life is just... I mean, my wife actually said to me, she said, you've totally changed. Mm. And I said, so have you. (laughs) (laughs) You know, um, so, you know, it's... um, And and I I truly believe it, you know, because we're having conversations like this now, aren't we? Mm. Um, Mm. You know, and we're meeting amazing people and uh we've all got uh, we're all adding to the pot, yeah, yeah uh, you know n- we none of us have all the answers, but all of us have all the answers,
1: yeah, and together, the collective as a whole, and it's like now, if you don't know um about say, having a treatment or something, you can say to, you know, you just put out there, does anybody know, and then a lot of people come back with the information, and you can make up your own mind so. You know, there's there's so much information available for people, um, you know, you know, like yourselves about bringing people together, and it's like connecting all the dots
2: now. I, I, I it's really interesting. I, I, I we did a, a two day event in Chester Blades, which is near Bruton, um, called, and there's a lovely space there called the Green Heart Space. And if anybody wants to go and have a cabin with a nice circle and in the country, the Green Heart Space is great. And um, very much you know i'm trying to do a talk at the moment about um about how the photonic light's coming in and, mm. and and upgrading our DNA which we which is an open conversation now um a couple of years ago when i when we did the shine seminars down there, I was chatting to this guy who came from Liverpool and I was saying because I was addicted to taking photos of the sun for about a year. I just was going out and taking photos of the sun like every day. And I was like, "This is not the same sun. This is not no. the same sun. This is not the. It's a different sun. It's a different energy." And um, I was talking to this guy, and um, I uh, and I, I said, "You know, do you do you think that this is the same sun?" And he said, "I don't think it is. I think it's it's got an energy which is coming from somewhere else." Um, I am trying to put this talk together, but it's so complicated, and I and I. You know, if I'm going to stand up in front of people I need to be able to qualify what I'm doing but certainly I know I, I personally know there's three factors and it'd be good to talk to you about this now because this is really powerful stuff um, I've interrupted
0: you so I'm going to interrupt you
2: Yeah, I've been
0: um, stepping in there because I had to put something up to do with the sun because somewhere or another you're going to be bringing it up and now I've brought it up this hair was taken in New Zealand two weeks ago And it was put on the main newspaper in the Bay of Plenty in New Zealand. I can bring the paper up, but I've just saved the photo of how the individual took a photo because they saw two suns. Yeah. And of course they said, oh, it's an optical illusion and all that stuff. Anyway, just saying.
2: Yeah. Well, it's interesting because there there are, you know, there are, there are cosmic happenings. (laughs) You know, there's no doubt about that. Um, I mean, it's just, you know, you, you, you can't, you can't use your left brain at the moment for a lot of this stuff. you just got to simulate it and park it and, and not pass judgment. That's part of this process we're going through. It's not about saying, oh, that's that, or I'm going to put a box around that idea, or I know what that is, or I know what it isn't. It's not about that, because things are changing constantly. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the reasons that the obsoletes, as I like to call them, the <laughs> the 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 parasitic um you know controllers uh are, have done what they 've they 've done is because they know the secrets of the absolute and they know that if they don 't do their their ultimate <laughs> ai prison planet now it 's going to be too late mm. they've they 've timed it and to, for this time because it, it's very clear that they are I, I got i got banned on facebook i had about fourteen hundred people in my group on facebook but most of my conversations on Facebook were to do with three types of battles that are going on. Um, well, actually four. one of them was the battle for the consciousness. Um, the second one was the off world battle. You know, there is, there is off world activities that are going on. Um, the surface battle, which is us in our mm. observable life on the planet, on the planet. And then, the battle that's being fought underground, um, you know, in um, in the deep underground bases and and places mm. like that, and I've always accepted those to be truths, um, because if you can think it, it exists. If you can think it, it exists. So, um, what? So going back to Plato, um, Plato talked about the central sun. And he talks about and some think, oh, well, that's metaphorical for God or the central sun is a, is a metaphor for God. Um, and it could well be. It could be the superconsciousness of the of the of the one true creator. Um, uh, it could be, you know, infinite source. But um, it, it, <laughs> there is clearly a different energy with our sun. And it's it's partly to do with the procession of the equinoxes. And there are there are loads of clues to say that um, the procession of the equinoxes in the Vedic tradition says that we're moving out of Kali Yuga, which is darkness. And we're actually we're not actually moving into um, uh, the Golden Age. And I hate to to (laughs) dispel people's ideas of that. People think that we're moving into a Golden Age. Um, What we're actually moving into in the Vedic tradition is the Bronze Age. Um, and then it's silver and then it's the golden age but you know let's not be down about that because we're going to go through a period of profound healing and i say this when when people spiritually bypass and say oh you know we're going to all be you know telepathic and clairsentient and have all these amazing well yes we are <laughs> <laughs> but we have got a huge amount of trauma to heal and a huge amount of mm. Of internal cleaning to heal before we get to that stage, so we are moving into that golden age, and it, the, the, we're moving very very quickly within years, years it's not even decades um, into a, into a different um, a different way of being um, so the procession of the equinoxes what 's happened is that we've actually moved the planet itself has moved above the galactic equator mm. that's happened. Now, if we've moved above the galactic equator, that means that we are receiving light from different parts of the universe. That's what's happening. I spoke to a, um, a global alchemist, a grid worker and a high priestess the other day, and she said there's actually seven suns all in alignment at the moment. Wow. Seven suns. <laughs> and they're all, all, the, all the central suns in the galaxy are all receiving this, this huge, great... Some people call it a galactic current sheet and and Rory talks about this a bit. There's plenty of people out there who are who are looking at those kind of what I would call astronomical um actual um you know uh, real world scientific um observations of 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 the galaxy. Um there's uh, the, the guys at Suspicious Observers are doing that. Um, although they are into catastrophism. Catastrophism. I mean, it doesn't even work as a word. I'm not into the catastrophe (laughs) part of it. Um, But, you know, they're talking about a galactic current sheet. They're talking about the magnetic um, uh, strength of the planet moving and and changing. Um, They're talking about solar flares, Uh, all this kind of cosmic activity that's happening. And it is happening um, 100%. I personally think it's for the good. Um, I don't think there is going to be any catastrophes at all. Um, that's just a fear program. Mm. And that's the last thing we want to do is be in that fear program. So um, this talk I'm trying to work on basically is trying to convey this idea that there is a cosmic shift going on. Um, and in fact, in the Zodiac, the uh, you probably know this more than me. But um, the, is it Sagittarius, the guy with the bow? Yeah. 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 So he actually shows us where the galactic central sun is. That's why that image is chosen. So at the end of his arrow is the galactic central sun. Um, and that sun is bringing in photonic light um, that is changing our DNA. And interestingly enough, there's a, there's a book. Um, I haven't got it. I haven't got it to hand, actually. But there's a guy, a guy called Dr. Subraj um and um he he actually this is really interesting actually it's it's beautiful this is so he um in his book he's got a chapter on light um and i'm doing a talk in glastonbury funny enough in october on light all right yeah it's called becoming light um and um i'm writing that at the moment so uh what dr dr subraj says is that um we have in our bodies a thing called atp and that's an actual chemical it's an actual chemical and it's the human version of chlorophyll so when the sunlight hits a plant the chlorophyll turns Mm -hmm. the sunlight into energy we have the equivalent and it's called atp and and it basically converts the sunlight into energy um and it's interesting because I had a conversation the other day about somebody. And in the middle of that conversation, I had this epiphany where I realized that we're we're not going to be eating as much in the future. No, nope. <laughs> we're, we're, we're going to have less density. We our frequency is going to raise. Hmm. We won't need to have physical material foods as much as we are at the moment. Um, and the we don't need to fuel or feed ourselves we have to get into the language of charging ourselves Mm. so what we do is we charge so we'll be able to go out and be in the sun just like if you watch animals what do they do they move around where the sun is yeah yeah and what they're doing is they're charging their bodies with sunlight and Mm. they've got a version of atp that changes it into energy so it's a whole paradigm shift the whole paradigm shift. So in this book, he, t- he says that there's only two ways you can program your DNA. Um, and that is through sound and light. So you program yourself through sound and light. And um, uh, almost certainly, I can guarantee this going forward, that the number one healing modality will be sound. Yeah. Guaranteed. Definitely. Um, it, it was in the past. Um, churches with the choir boys, um, you know, and the bells and singing. There were healing frequencies. Um, I went to Wells Cathedral recently Mm. and I was in what they call the octagon room and I went in there and I was just like, I've never been in a room like this at all, ever. And I sat there and I was like, what is this room? And we went into the library, me and my two friends afterwards, and the guy there was like oh yes that's where the squires used to go and they used to talk about taxation and um you know the harvesting and machinery and labor and i came and i was like that was utter rubbish <laughs> that that room is a healing chamber it's a healing chamber mm-hmm. and a few days later i found out that there's these four sound therapists healers who are going and doing a gig there i think this yeah. weekend mm-hmm. and if you lie down in that room and you use the different frequencies, 432, whatever it is, 396, um, you know, 528, yeah, um, all those different frequencies, the solfeggio frequencies, that room will heal you. It's a healing room. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, so what Dr. Subarive says is he says you can change and heal DNA with sound, and you can also change and heal DNA with light. Um, and they are the only two ways you can change DNA without physically going in there and doing the mm-hmm. nano nonsense so naturally sound and light are the in fact sound and light are the same thing um if you get up into the real science of sound and light, it is the same
0: mm-hmm.
2: um it 's all frequencies um uh green actually resonates at around five hundred or five two to eight that 's why the heart shaker is colored green um and that's why the, the, the love vibration is five two eight to eight because it is that resonance. So, um, you know, I, I I've been telling people um, and it is the the thing I tell people. It's the one thing I say to people more than anything else. Go out and be in the sun. This sun at the moment, especially around the times of the equinoxes, yeah. is super, super powerful. And you can just raise your consciousness just by being in the sun. Um, just going on just a different level. I'll just talk about this because this is part of the talk that I'm trying to put together. The The pineal gland is actually a piezoelectric crystal. It's called calcite mm-hmm. um, and it's, and it's, it's tiny. Um, so it's a piezoelectric crystal. So it reacts to light and it reacts to electricity. Um, and if you look at platelets in the blood, they're surrounded by light. Collinian mm-hmm. uh, photography, um, you know, yeah. Is on is on the photon light in your hands. In fact, I'm a biowell practitioner and I never do it. I should get out there with I should get out there and do my machine. But um the, the the greatest thing you can do at the moment is to actually go out and be in the sunlight, um, and sun yourself because every time you go out into the sunlight, it raises your consciousness, it activates your pineal gland, it sets off all those chemicals, and you're literally moving up the scale. Your your consciousness is getting more and more tuned with the divine being that you are because that's the key thing. People don't realize that they are this divine bit of technology. Um, So, you know, it's, it's, it's all to play for. And I don't know whether, you know, you know, the story of, um, it's quite a long story actually, but um, you know, there's this idea that there's a great awakening, Mm. uh, you know, of the great awakening and people have been throwing that around, but um when you've got a um when you've got a, a a a photonic system of light coming in that that's the reason why we have chemtrails by the way um there's multi layered reasons why but the main one is to stop us receiving the photonic mm-hmm. light of course and 100% 100% so ultimately the great awakening cannot be stopped which is what people say because they can't stop sunlight. They just can't get it out. Mm. Um, you know, they can't stop that. And, and you know, nothing can stop the sun doing its work. They will try as hard as they can to stop this process. Um, and you know, the sun is super, super important for, for this consciousness and moving out of this, this dark control system that we've been in. So, you know, well, it's interesting actually talking about this now because it's really focused my mind and I want to do this talk because it, it is it's a very powerful message to communicate. Um, and I, I have been speaking to people and I've said, you know, I've, I've asked people, I've said, what do you think about the sun? When I drive along the road, the shadows, the light and the darkness is so much more of a contrast now. It's, it's like a silver. Yeah. The sun used to be much yellower, but it's like a real silver. Um, and, uh, you know, that is the one thing that I try and say to people. Uh, you know, go out and be in the sun, because it is so powerful.
1: Especially as it's summertime at the moment over here. (laughs)
2: Yeah. Yeah, You've got to
1: make make the most of every moment, eh?
2: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Hey, I
0: had two friends, and they um, pursued a path of breatharism, which meant uh, getting up early in the morning for that 20 minutes, sun gazing uh, with open eyes to absorb the the sunlight. And uh, Jimmy had glasses that were so thick that you couldn't even get contact lenses and um by 12 months he had clear vision and his uh, weight had dropped off and um they were basically to start that process they uh went on to soups veg- vegetable soups and <coughs> on, um, fruit drinks but in a period of time all they did was just kept up the liquid uh you yeah, know a phenomenal story there um and if you go t- to um Nicholas cage, he lives around your area. He did a movie called city of angels where all the, um, angels always go down to the beach and watch the sunrise come through. You know,
2: I think more, I think there's going to be more of that. Jeff. You know, I, I think that we're going to see, um, more and more people going towards that and, uh, just being very light living lighter. Yeah. That's what my talk in Glastonbury in October is about. It's about living lighter. And having less density and uh, it's interesting to hear these stories about people who are taking that plunge into breatharianism, fresharianism. Mm. fresh <laughs> um, well, there
1: was a guy when i was in hawaii um i can't couldn't tell you what his name is now um when i stayed with joan ocean um well 20 odd years ago whatever um and he was he'd been doing it for 20 odd years i mean he's, he's he's passed on now um but yeah you um and like you were saying you just breathe in the light you fill yourself with light and you know like i know we say um awesome Goodchild does a mantra to, she gets everybody to say um i am the love i am the light i am the truth i am so when you're troubled or can't sleep you're you're affirming and apparently there's codes within those words
2: mm. um, absolutely
1: but also, it, it, um, Ian Welsh, I don't know if you know of Ian yeah, Welsh. Yeah he, yeah. he talks about the, he said it was going to be September, I think, the second sun will be, you will now see them, but he reckons it was speeding up and it's going to be, well, any time now you will see in the sky the two suns.
2: Well, it's interesting. I, in fact, I nearly wore it today, but I've got a, I've got a hoodie, which is uh, got two suns on it. And if you remember the first scene in Star Wars, the very first Star Wars movie, when Luke is on the planet Tatooine, there's two sons. Tatooine has two sons. And I bought that hoodie for precisely that reason because I thought, you know, that there's the two sons. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's great. It's a great hoodie. I love it. I love wearing it because it reminds me that there's all these cosmic things going on. You know, mm. we, we have to, we have to, um, I don't know whether you know Michael Sala. Um, who does the Yeah. 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 So M- Michael Sellers got a great phrase. He says, We're going to um become our Star Trek selves. Mm. We're moving into being galactic. The, galactic. the human race is becoming galactic. Mm. And um it really feels to me, it feels like that. It feels like we are becoming, we're joining the galactic family. Mm. True.
0: Uh, you know. Hey um, coming back to the Early morning sun. I remember with a group of people we went over to um, North Stradbroke Island, which is a protective barrier f- to protect Brisbane. And we got up early in the morning before sunrise, and we we're sitting there, and it was it was freezing for us Queenslanders. I have to tell you, you know, um, it's currently 15 degrees, and it's 8 o'clock at night. So you can understand early morning. It's about eight degrees. You know, I'm just trying to. So the scene for you guys in England there? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, the, um, all of a sudden, birds started turning up and sitting in the trees and on the power lines, waiting for the sun to come up. And it was really amazing because the ocean was calm as you know, it was completely flat, just like the water in that lake there. And as the sun came up, it's it sent a pulse, and you could feel the pulse, and you could feel it like, the start of the waves and then and after about 10-15 minutes the waves started to come in it's like music it was like sets of music coming through and then we're absorbing it all and then the birds started singing away and then within 20 minutes they all flew off and that was the end of it It was really a magical 20 minutes
2: Mm. yeah it's the bird bird tribe <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it's yeah. just
0: amazing how the ocean went from calmness and all of a sudden magnetic pulse or whatever's gone turned on the light bulb. And then all of a sudden now we've got a surge of waves coming in musical sets. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah it's, it is magical. It's magical time to be alive. Um, I said the other day if you're not having fun, you're not in, not in the game. Um, you know, all, all, all that chaos and nonsense out there is just absolute um, proof that everything's collapsing. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, uh, it is a beautiful time to be alive and conversations we're having and people we're meeting and I've, I've never had so many friends in all my life, you know, even people, you know, it's just like, it's just amazing. To, to, and, and I think a lot of people are waking up to the fact that, um, that they want to be part of a community and want to be part of, uh, you know, a wider extended family, yeah, definitely. um, you know and and that is that is phenomenal because we've we've all been isolated in these little boxes, and suddenly we're being open-hearted about things and you know mm. working with each other and wanting to help each other out more so you know it's um it's been a long time coming really
1: well we're we're in it now eh <laughs> we signed up for this
2: yeah, for sure i mean it, it, it's interesting when I gave my talk in Shaftesbury the other day. Um, I mean just as an aside I don't talk very often and when I do talk I do the presentations like two days before and I work on different ideas and I knew that half that room of 80 people was going to be literally normies like people who like absolute off the street not aware of anything um, at all and I the, the first part of my talk was just real basic grounding so I did things like, um, you know, uh, filter your water, distill your water, um, try try not to eat a lot of processed foods, try to be as natural as you can, you know, try not to, you know, um, support big companies, try mm-hmm. to buy locally, um, grow your own food, just real basic stuff. Nothing, I'm not saying anything wildly, yeah. you know, amazing, but it was all just grounding And just trying to get people to realize that this is what we have to do going forward um, if we're going to detach and and not give our energy to this system anymore. And then the second half was all to do with frequencies. And when I told my wife, Sarah, what I was going to do, she went, that's just what are you doing? And I said, I've got to do it. (laughs) I've got to do it. And I'm just going to do it and whatever happens happens um and if i don't take people along with me then so be it i can't sit in this nice safe bubble anymore no i've got to come out and obviously i'm not going to talk about you know yeah (laughs) you know i'm not going to start talking about pladean consciousness or whatever but at the same time i'm not gonna just talk about farming and you know those sort of grounded things and um i gave the talk and i talked about frequencies how there's a a, you know a very small um, space that we can see the frequency of the observable reality and then there's this enormous un, unobservable reality that also has loads of frequencies in it and I talked about um, you know Dr. David Hawkins uh, frequent consciousness, frequency of consciousness map that he does um, you know where 200 is mm. uh, you know courage, and then you know five hundred is love, and and I and I talked about you know Do Re Mi Fa So La Ti Do being absolutely in line with the chakras, and that's what that is. And when you sing that, you can actually just tune your chakras, and that's been in <laughs> Disney movies. You know, this is what I'm saying about all this esoteric knowledge coming out. You know, it, all these things that were hidden are just coming out now. And at the end of it, I got a, a really strong round of applause from everyone in unison and I just thought you know what there is something happening because nobody left nobody everybody was accepting and willing to listen to what I had to say and it you know I'm not saying frequencies is like off the hook but it's it's certainly getting people to think in a totally different way Mm -hmm. and uh I had people come up to me afterwards um and you know that was that was absolutely brilliant kind of confirmation that what I was doing was right. And there was a couple of women who came up and they started talking about star seeds and stuff with me. And I just thought, you know what, these conversations are brilliant, aren't they? You know, where else would I go? And suddenly people started talking to me about she, this lady was saying, Oh, you know, I feel like I've got like a Syrian consciousness and I feel like I'm, I'm bringing in this, this otherworldly consciousness sometimes when I meditate. And I was just like, this is fantastic. You know, it's, so we're moving into realms that we haven't re- moved into before. It's really powerful. I don't know whether you found that where you are, guys. Yeah. Well, um,
0: we had a guy called Michael Grayson who's called Michael Cafe Lockout, and he's been uh, going around Australia for the last three years interviewing um, mums and dads and grandparents and finding out what's happened with the mandates and the lockdowns and all that stuff. And he was a really investigative journalist, one we haven't seen for for years and we have a mainstream media of so knock him about and trying to you know ridicule the guy and paint him you know using Machiavelli politics to create the divide and and there was a thing about Michael that came out of a conversation was you probably had the same energy and people rushed to buy toilet paper right? and then the media started feeding that toilet paper debacle yeah. but in Australia. Not one mainstream media organisation did any advertising or marketing or promotion, but one million-plus Australians organically upped and went down to Canberra, the home of you know, the, the seat of Australia's parliament house, one million-plus, and turned up there in force. Something else on another level of consciousness reached out and broadcast the message that they needed to go down to Canberra, the, the seat of Australia's politics. And not one mainstream media organization gave that any energy whatsoever. They never promoted it, never showed it. They just said there's a couple of thousand people down there. But you ask me, there is something else going on metaphorically and um, esoterically, there's another broadcast going out that where people are reached to that level of frequency and they're picking up on that broadcast, which is not, you know, obviously of man-made origins.
2: Well, it's interesting you talk about that because um, I I had this, you know, I get my own kind of ideas that come in and I have to sit with them a while before I talk about them with people or say them publicly, definitely. But, you know, I, I get this feeling that we, we're moving into this unity consciousness, but it's only going to be temporary. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think that people are thinking, just like you said, Jeff, they're, you know, there's this, it's like we're tapping into like an Akashic record, a space that is just sits um, in some other dimension or density. Um, and then that will, that will have a role to play. And then we will go back to having individual um, individuation. So, you know, because clearly the, the individual part of ascension is really important for our own journeys. But, there is this movement into well, it's it's kind of interesting because it, you know, if you look at scripture, um, and um, you know, I, I don't, I don't, I, I, I have a very open mind about Christianity because I know that it's there to keep the truth from us, but I also know that it's there to 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 give us clues. Um, but it does say that you know that in these times, you know, Jesus will come back. And that's a metaphor for Christ consciousness. Mm. And Christ consciousness is unity consciousness. And it does say that the antichrist will come 2000 years after Jesus is around. And and that is exactly what's happening with the AI and with the technocracy. So, you know, I feel that um, the Christ consciousness is coming back, which is what I call the organic human blueprint. I don't know whether you've heard that phrase before, but, Mm. um, you know, very much within our communities, we are holding space and love and light for the organic human blueprint because we are made in the image of God. We are mm. made in the image of, you know, source consciousness. And um, I just feel that we'll, we'll go into this. Well, we, we're in it already. <laughs> we're in it already um, into this unity consciousness, Christ consciousness, where we're all activated to really work to protect the natural scheme of things. Um, and then when we've kind of done our job, we will we'll retain elements of that unity consciousness, but we will go back to being in, into an individuated being as well. Because, you know, as source um, gives us the opportunity or gives, you know, um, itself the opportunity to experience itself through our, our fractal version of itself, which is what, you know, the super consciousness is. And we're just fractal versions of that, experiencing itself um you know that has to carry on that has to continue Mm. um you know uh it's interesting actually because some i was talking to somebody about um the ai the other day because really and truly the ai is the actual enemy i'm just going to say that it really is um and in in star trek uh, i'm not a trekkie by the way but i was told i was talking about the ai and uh and this guy said to me, oh yeah, there's this thing called the Borg in the AI. And I was like, what's that? And he said, well, in the show, it's, it's a artificial consciousness that nobody knows where it came from. And it, and it started outside of the universe and it's here to, to, to gobble up everything that's natural. And I was just like, hold on. That's, <laughs> that sounds a bit familiar. Um, You know? <laughs> and so, you know, there, there are these little, you know, I think at the kind of in this pyramidal structure of, um, uh, you know, the obsolete, as I like to call them, the control structure, they do understand the absolute. They 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 understand. They have all this knowledge that that the, the everyday people haven't haven't got. But they do give us little clues in the media, in um, in in programs and in in books and all sorts of things that they release to us mm. as to the true nature of of the oneness. Um, And that story about the Borg just kind of says it all because it was just like, well, they've been telling us in Star Trek for years that the real enemy comes from outside the universe and it is an artificial intelligence. And in Mm. fact, 2001, A Space Odyssey, you know, the Stanley Kubrick film and obviously Stanley Kubrick knew shed loads of stuff, you know, Eyes Wide Shut and the moon landings, etc. You know, he was clearly well involved in that. You know, that kind of strata of of life, if you want to call it. Um, But 2001 is all about the man against the machine, that whole film, Mm. Um, and how man can overcome the machine. And it's not difficult. War of the Worlds is the same. It's the same story. It's about a huge great machine that gets killed by a little tiny bug. In 2001, when he gets (laughs) into the brain, he starts pulling the brain out because it is just, it's artificial. Um, it is, but um, hell.
0: And um, you go to two thousand and ten, when um, the guy who created hell gets in there and finds there's a subroutine that's been put on there by the military, which conflicted with his original programming. But it really, that was just a side, side story. Because at the end of the day, it showed there was an intelligence there that um, put those monoliths out on planet Earth for the apes to touch. And then the next second, it's gone to the planet, it's uh, gone to the moon man's reached that consciousness and then it's gone out to Jupiter and it's when uh Dave goes out in that little craft and he ends up going inside that monolith and um it's a it's a merger of um of human potential with um the knowledge that's been stored in that big huge monolith that creates a second sun but um it's a really interesting story I mean it's very you mentioned Star Trek The, the original movie has a similar bearing there where um they've got this energy that comes into this into our star system and um if you attack it you'll get taken out but if you go with love then you have the door to go in and then what you find is that they talk about Vija. when they finally get to the source they find that Vija is um voyager four that's been sent as a space probe 200 years previously by nasa which went through a black hole and it's got a simple program which is to go and accumulate much knowledge and then bring it back to the third planet in the solar system and it ends up through the back hole on another civilization who reads the program and they create the craft that allows it to come back through all the different star systems to come to our star system and at the end of the day it's got all this knowledge but it requires its creator which is the human capacity to actually imagineering and so we see the merger of of the human with the machine, and he goes to a whole new dimension of of knowledge and understanding. It's a really profound, um, particular movie that one.
2: Mm. It makes me want to watch it. <laughs> it. Makes me want to go and watch it. I mean, it's interesting, isn't it, with the Star Trek because, um, Gene Roddenberry was involved in those channelings. Um, I can't remember the lady's name, but Louise, Louise something or other. Um, and uh, he was party to that he was party to these channelings. And if you watch, I've got the first series. I was never a Trekkie. Uh, and I was never really a fan when I was young. Well, partly because my dad didn't let me watch TV, but um, uh, I, I bought the original series a couple of years ago. And if you watch each episode, every single episode has one really powerful theme, just one theme. And they're very, very stark. Those shows and it, the whole story is surrounding around one theme. And he, he clearly got channeled information to be able to write that first series, 100%. Um, it was definitely an off-world thing that happened there. And I, I think it's been written about that he, he was involved in these, these, uh, these meetings with this, uh, this woman who was channeling. And, uh, but it's very obvious once you know that, that those stories just say, this is this bit of the human condition. This is this bit of the human condition. And every single episode is just very direct as to what that message is. Um, it's, it's very, very powerful. And I didn't realise that Star Trek had that. But because it's tapping into that energy, it's universal. And that's why it's so popular. And that's why it rings truth. Because it, it has tapped into some sort of universal mm-hmm. energy. Um, True. A
0: bit like the movie Avatar, isn't it? I mean, who would have thought that would be the number one lock office success yeah. it tapped under the hockey
2: well, it's funny that because i didn't see i didn't watch avatar until last year which is bizarre but i watched mm-hmm. it and um i mean it just makes so much sense watching it during the apocalypse as opposed to 10 years ago because it makes so much more sense now and the scene in that film that really brought in fact i started growing my hair again because of it believe it or not <laughs> um uh because obviously i'm going bored so i'm just compensating but um the um, it's the scene with there's the, there's the tree of life, there's the mother tree, yeah. you know, and they and they go along and they wrap their hair around the branches, and that's just uh, it's just such a powerful scene. And nothing's said, it's, it's all it's just images, but it's such a powerful scene because it's showing you that we are antennae, we're two way antennas, and if we truly are at one with our surroundings, with our natural surroundings we can tap into, you know, the Akashic records for another want of a better term. Mm. And uh, yeah, Avatars just, and it's obviously the machine, you know, the, the military is the machine. It's the AI, it's the technocracy and it's there smashing its way through the forest. So it's the same story. It's kind of like the perennial battle of the human being is, is the natural organic human blueprint against this hard metallic um, artificial intelligence that is just running a program and has no relevance to you know it's the same as in the matrix all agent smith in the matrix is just an artificial intelligence just running you know that those programs you know they 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 do tell us they tell us they put it in uh, I don't know mm. whether you've ever seen um Jupiter ascending have you seen that film yeah 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 um, that film just full of it isn't it it's absolutely full of amazing uh,
0: androchrome androchrome
2: yeah, it's got, um, this, this, well, I, I can't really talk about the scene because it's a bit of a spoiler, but that, that film, even though it's got tons and tons of incredible stuff in it, it talks about greys and reptilians um, and it talks about um, power structures, it talks about how Earth is just part of a portfolio that other consciousnesses <laughs> run. The, 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 key, the key theme in that film is actually to do with cosmic consent and about how there is a natural law. This is what Mark Passio talks about. He talks about natural law and consent and complying. Um, and in the film, uh, there is there, there's a whole sub story that becomes the main story towards the end of the film, and it's to do with consent. And the whole um, uh, the whole uh, premise of the film and the power struggle and the conflict of the film is based. On whether this one person gives this other person consent, and once they make that um, that natural cosmic, universal uh, relation uh, you know contract between each other, it's all over, and it's all about, is this one person going to consent to this person? And it's just really dramatic, um, you know, because what is what this whole you know I we, we heard during lockdowns and things, you know, I will not comply. You know, mm. I will not consent. I will not do that. And once you withdraw your energy from from the system, it falls apart. Um, they're relying on us to give them consent, and it is it's a it's a major theme. It's a major theme that the human being has to learn is to not give consent to things mm. that do not serve itself. If it doesn't serve you, don't give it consent. Mm. You know, um, and and you and you will be immune to that energy of that nefarious you know, entity if you don't give it consent. It will have to go away because that's the universal law and they understand that as well. Um, it's interesting with Jupiter Ascending because it was written by the Wachowski twins um, who wrote The Matrix. Who um, stole fact, the idea of the lady. Correct, absolutely, yeah. Um, and um, obviously they're living as transgenders now. <laughs> They're, they're fully part of it well it's interesting because um i mean this is a, it was a, it's an interesting conversation to have but um you know the if you i call it um do you take the offer right so it, you know it's like simon cowell and all that lot and you know hollywood and harvey weinstein if 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 somebody comes up to a young person and says do you want fame and fortune now, first of all, that is a nefarious energy that's talking to you and your, your ego will respond to that and go, yes, I want the fame and fortune and I want the Ferrari and the big house. And they're going into that lower density of wanting the material world. And then whoever opens that door and you step through the door, once you step through the door, the door closes behind you, which is um, eyes wide shut. That's what that whole film's about. It's about going into the, the the den of vipers and either agreeing to what they're doing or not agreeing to what they're doing. Um, and once you go through the door, it's over, yeah, because you've accepted the offer. And then you've got to go through with their nefarious plans. And then another door opens and they go through, and it gets darker and darker and darker and darker and darker, darker, darker until you're doing stuff that is absolutely disgusting. That's the way that degeneracy works, um, you know. So those people that have taken the offer, like the Wachowski twins, they still, they have to do whatever they're told within those confines. Mm. But that doesn't mean that they don't know. And that doesn't mean that they don't want to get the message out. It's just like Stanley Kubrick did. There's certain rules that they have to play within. And if they play within those rules, then they're going to be okay. Um, And if they step out of those rules, then they're, you know, they're going to lose their life um, almost certainly. So you know, with films like Jupiter Ascending, they they released that to like it was tiny amounts of cinemas. The first weekend was like low thousands. They did not Hollywood did not want to release that movie at all because it's got it's absolutely packed full of disclosure. It's it's one of the I don't know whether you yeah. know I don't know when you saw it, Jeffrey, but I yeah. saw it about eighteen months ago, and it's just packed. It's the whole film is just rammed full of stuff i mean the fact that it's the girl's called jupiter <laughs> you know it's like straight away it's like jupiter is the king of the solar system you know it's 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 Zeus. you know it is it is that energy and um the film's called jupiter ascending you know the Rukowski tw- twins are telling us that there, there there is a new there is a new power in town and saturn is not controlling us anymore it's the it's the energy of jupiter which is now you know, absolutely, um, you know, the dominant power in the solar system. Um, and that film is called Jupiter Ascended. It's full of it. And, you know, it's interesting talking about films. I'll just um, add this because Sarah and I, we love films and it's such a shame since, you know, we've known when we realised that Hollywood was so nefarious. And, you know, you you think, oh, all, all your heroes just all become, you know, um your enemies or you know people that you don't resonate with or whatever but there's um there was a film uh, we we've watched a couple of films over the last year and we're like this film doesn't go anywhere it's like it's just there's no conflict there's no character there's no catharsis there's no you know th- there's no um, tone of voice there's no look and feel there's and and then I found out that lots of films in Hollywood are being written by AI um, and when I've said that to people, they've gone, oh that's rubbish. Well, I, I did some research on it and the Scriptwriters Guild of America are on strike, like permanent because all their jobs are being taken away um, because of the AI and these AI writing these films. And you can tell a film that is written by AI, you can watch it and you'll watch it and nothing happens. <laughs> it, it just, it's just a story about something that happens. It's got no human interest. So anyway, there's a, there's a film that's come out... Um, last or this earlier this year i think it's called babylon um and it's got uh, brad pitt in it and um margaret robbie um and it's well worth watching but it's a it's a it's a really horrible film it's really long as well um but it is kind of worth watching if you want to see what hollywood was created out of so hollywood was created out of absolute degeneracy it's an absolute pit of filth um and that film that's what that film talks about it talks about how hollywood is built on layers of just absolute disgusting degeneracy there's a great scene in it where margaret robbie goes mad at at a at a rich dinner but that film is written by ai um, and it's clearly written by air because it just goes on and on and on and on and on. It's just absolute nonsense. It's three and a quarter hours long. And nothing, you know, you could write that story because that, that, all that story is telling us is um, uh, that Hollywood is built on degeneracy. And that's a very simple uh, concept to get across, and you could do it in an hour and 20 minutes either. But, you know, you can see that the, the production of Hollywood, and it's another sign that that, that, that system is dying, the films that are coming out of Hollywood now are, are pretty shocking. Mm. There's no really good films anymore because there's no energy anymore because they're losing their power and that is another sign that they're losing their power. Um you know I was I was very <coughs> I was very um pleased well you know I, I felt good ab- about you know Hollywood when they came out with um with the Matrix, the last Matrix movie. Um because the last Matrix movie which is obviously a Wachowski's film it, that is actually what I would call a white hat movie. Um, and, and, and at the end of that film, in fact, I spoke about this yesterday with somebody. Um, it, it's a really powerful film, that film, because in that film, Neo and Trinity meet each other in the cafe and they don't know each other. They're, they kind of know each other, but they, they, they're like, Oh, I know who you are, but I don't know who you are. Right. And it's because they don't recognize each other. And the, the symbol of, trinity obviously she's called trinity but the symbol of neo the one and trinity is that he is the divine masculine and she is the divine feminine and that's the roles they play in that film and at the end of that film and it's a magical ending is they've got the demon agent in front of them and they stand there and they've gone through all this chaos of actually remembering and resourcing themselves to who they are And they remember why they're there. They remember their roles um, of who they are and why they've come together. And they destroy the demon. And then they look at each other and they fly off together. And they say, I don't know whether they say it or not, but clearly the symbolism is so powerful, is that when the divine masculine and the divine feminine come together, they can do anything. It's the ultimate power play. Mm -hmm. and And that they form the trinity of the divine masculine and the divine feminine and source spirit. And that film is so powerful. And at the end they fly off and it's just like, and when I watched it, I was like, wow, that was brilliant because it shows you that you, that if you can raise those sorts of energies within you and you can come together, then you can just do anything and you're invincible. And I thought that was really powerful because it would have been very easy for Hollywood to have done that, that film down and just made an absolute pig of a film so these messages are coming out they're Mm. they're still coming out and even within the systems of control like Hollywood um, these messages are coming out that nothing can stop this ascension path nothing at all and uh, you know like we're saying it's very very exciting to be around you know really Mm.
1: well on that note
2: (laughs)
0: yeah
1: (laughs) Oh, it's been really fascinating and it's been lovely to have you as a guest and and sharing all your stories and and you know about how you've been putting everything together and your knowledge and wisdom. So thank you once again for being our guest this week and good luck in everything that you do.
2: Thank you very much. I really appreciate you being on the show and uh I'll see you in person very soon, I'm sure.
1: Very yeah, definitely.
2: <laughs> thank you, Jeffrey. I really appreciate You're it. Very welcome. Yeah, that's great. Fantastic.
1: Right thank you everybody for listening and safe-